Uh, listen, this week I want to talk to you about stress. Anybody stressed out this morning? Let me ask you this. Does anybody look like this picture? Check out this picture real quick. Anybody feel that? Anybody had a week like that? (laughs) You feel like you just made it? (laughs) Man, we live some crazy lives, don't we? We live some busy lives. I mean, listen, people are busier today than they've ever been. I hang around older people now. And and the reason I hang around older people is because they're a little more slower paced. They look at us younger folks and they go, man, y'all crazy. You're going to burn out. You're never going to finish the race. Everybody's too busy for this and too busy for that. I got an old friend. He calls me all the time, and he wants me to go do things with him. And, and lately, I've just been giving him one excuse after another. Man, I'm busy doing this, and I'm, I'm busy doing that, and he's, he just don't understand. He's like, golly, how can a man be so busy? <laughs> I'm going, well, I got too much going on. So today I want to talk to you about the issue of stress. Seems like things are happening a lot crazier than they used to happen, right? People are stressed out and they're, they're killing other people, right? There's more murders on TV and, and, and that we're hearing about today than there ever has been. And there's stress and there's pressure. And there's, there's these things that just, they, they draw us to want to keep up with everybody else. And the Lord gave me an analogy this morning about a marathon runner, and if, if you've ever seen a marathon runner, you ever, anybody ever watch a marathon? I mean, you've got to love running to watch a marathon. They're boring. It's like watching a golf game. It's a good thing, it's a good thing to take a nap to, right? So, so a marathon runner, they, they come out of the gates, and they, and they take off running, and they've got a lot of laps to run. And the secret to, to being a marathon runner is pacing yourself. And so you, everybody kind of gets in their little groove and they're all running. And then some yo-yo comes from the back and he's going to show off a little bit and catch the spotlight. And he's going to pass everybody else up. And I guarantee you somebody's paying him to mess up the pace. But he comes and he passes everybody up. And if you watch the crowd, the crowd will start to, oh, God, I need to catch up. Right? So the biggest struggle for a marathon runner, I hear, not that I am one, is that is that you got to have self-control and you got to maintain your pace. In other words, when somebody passes you up, you can't be tempted to to want to run and break your pace, right? And I believe today, a lot of us, we see people that have things that we don't have, that can do things that we don't do, that can go places we can't go, and we think that just because they do it, i got to hurry up and break pace so I can do it. Which creates more stress. Right? One of the secrets I love about older people is that materials don't mean as much as they used to. The day they got out of the rat race, they stayed out of the rat race. And they never went back. And they live a life of such peace that I'm attracted to it. My older friends, I'm jealous because, man, they're just maxing and relaxing. And I'm stressing like a madman. I mean, he's out there, don't even drive fast. They're the ones I get mad at, right? 
The ones you get behind you go like, dear goodness, would you hit the gas pedal? And you speed and you pass them, you go, oh, I knew it was an old person. You're stressed out, your blood pressure's up, your heart's racing, and they're just chilling. Having a good time. And when you pass them, they go, them young people. They're going to learn one day. Right? But man, we chase too many things. Sometimes some of us are like the dog that tries to chase every car that passes. Right? Everything that comes by, oh, we got to have it. We got to go get it. I got to get that. What you going to do when you get it? What's the dog going to do when he catches the tire? For the last time. Right? So today I want to show you how Jesus handles stress. And then I also want to talk to you about how how I've discovered some things about stress over the last couple of years. Um, So let's start with Jesus first. Jesus, at his most stressful time, what was was Jesus' most stressful time? In the garden, right? That was his most stressful time. The Bible says that he was bleeding like sweat or sweating like blood. I mean, he was, he was in agony. He was in stress. He was under pressure. He knew what was getting ready to happen, that his blood was going to be shed, that his body was going to be beaten and bruised, and that he was going to be hung on a cross, and that he was going to die. And then after he died, he was going to be put in a cave, and then he was going to go to the pits of hell, and for three days conquer death, hell, and the grave, and then rise again, and then meet with his disciples for another 40 days to make sure that the church is still going on, and then ascend into heaven, and then sit down at the right hand of the Father. Sounds stressful, huh? That was what was on his mind in the garden. So what I've done is I just put you in the garden where Jesus was and gave you a tidbit of of what he felt like. But what I want you to do is I want you to back out of that and look at the whole situation from the outside in. Jesus, in his most stressful moment, went to the garden and spent time with God. He didn't try to handle it himself. He didn't try to say, I got this. He didn't try to seem strong. Right? He didn't try to put up a front. He wasn't worried about his reputation. He went to the Father when he was most stressed. I think about when the disciples were in the boat and the waves were going crazy. And the boat was getting ready to sink. What was Jesus doing? Chilling. Cold chilling. He was sleeping. Jesus doesn't get upset about what you get upset about. Thank God. Right? Go with me to Luke chapter 10. I want to show you how Jesus handles stress with other people. Remember the story of Martha and Mary? Luke chapter 10, verse verse 38 says, As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed them into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, 
Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Sound familiar? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her. You see, I don't believe God created us to carry stress all the time. I don't believe we're intended to carry stress. The reason I know that is because when I carry stress and I, sh- I let myself get stressed out, I'm unfocused on what God wants me to do. I'm not in the game anymore. I'm more worried about myself and my stress. My eyes go from the heavenlies onto myself. And what happens? I get distracted. I get shanghaied. I get knocked to the curb by the enemy. Amen? So Jesus, his, his instructions to Martha was, chill out. You see, as a minister, and, and as ministers, as you are, just, just like I am, we got to be careful that our work for Jesus doesn't take the place of our presence with Jesus. Come on, we're all guilty of letting busyness get in the way of being at the feet of Jesus. Am I the only one? Jesus cleared the debate. He said the most important thing in this moment is to be at the feet of Jesus. Jesus himself at his most stressful moment went to the presence of God. Peter, you remember Peter, old strong Peter. He was a man's man, right? He cut a dude's ear off and then watched Jesus put it back on. Peter says in 1 Peter, he says to cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. Peter learned and discovered that I have to cast these cares. I have to get rid of this stuff and I got to put it in the right place. Come on, somebody. I got I to cast my cares upon Jesus. Why? Because he cares for me. That verse means to literally throw a blanket on a colt's back. When I'm stressed, I need to grab it and throw it. It's kind of like the game hot potato. The problem is we're Cajuns and we like hot potatoes. So we get a hot potato and we hang on to it. We put a little Tony Sasseries on it. Right? And a whole lot of butter. And we like our hot potatoes. But Peter said himself to cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. So Jesus gave us the example of going to the father when he's stressed out. And there's a secret in all that. You got to do it quickly. Don't carry that longer than you're supposed to. It's a distraction. It's, it's not it's not something you're supposed to have. Get rid of it. Pass it on. Not to somebody else. You're not intended to give your stress to your spouse. Because it always comes back. Right? If I come home stressed and I take it out of my wife, what happens? She stresses me back. Then it's like a ping pong game. You got the stress. No, you got the stress. No, you got the stress. Right? 
Cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. Jesus gave us the example to bring our, our stress and our worry and our anxiety to the right place. So let me give you a little bit of what I've discovered about stress over the last couple of years. I want to give you this verse first in Proverbs chapter 3. It says to trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all that you do, and he will show you which path to take. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. I was in business for nine years, had a construction company, built it from the ground up, literally from the ground up, and, and God blessed it. God breathed on it. We, we had favor. We saw miracles happen. It was an adventure. It was exciting. I loved it. It was adrenalizing. I was in the fight. All these great things were happening. And every year, God was doubling our income. It, things were just great. But in the midst of all that, I got stressed. And then I, I, would, I would get stressed and then let go of my stress and then get stressed again and then let go of my stress until finally the last couple of years, I learned how to live with stress. It got so bad that I forgot what life was like without stress. I started taking pride in my stress. I would say things like, I would say things about people who weren't stressed like, man, they ain't got nothing going on. Bunch of lazy bums. If you ain't stressed, you're not doing nothing. That was my mentality. My mentality was I thought everybody needed to be stressed like I was. And if they wasn't, then I was the man. I liked my stress, so I thought. <laughs> Until finally one day I realized I couldn't go to sleep without my heart racing. And I couldn't wake up without my heart racing. And I started looking around and everything, every relationship I had was being damaged. I was a wild man out of control, thinking that because I was stressed, I was doing the right thing. And so I discovered some things after I quit the company and, 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 and came into the ministry full time. Full time I, I discovered some things and there's some things that I took away and I want to share those with you this morning. Number one, the first thing I took away from nine years of stress was to trust Jesus first. Trust him first. I, I, I sold the company, continued to pastor full time, had a little more time to read my Bible. So when I would read my Bible, I'd sit down and I'd, I'd pray for a minute and the Lord would give me a verse in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. So this was the first morning. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything that you need. Like, Great, God, that's good. Good word. Got up the next morning, Matthew 6.33. Okay. We were just there yesterday. It's Matthew 6.33. So I go back to Matthew 6.33, and, and I memorized it in the New King James Version. It says, To seek first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Third day, Matthew 6.33. Fourth day, Matthew 6.33. I thought God was stuck. <laughs> Serious. I'm like, come on, man, I got this. Seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness, and all these things will be added to me. I had it here, but I didn't have it here. 
That was the issue. I had it here, but I was still seeking me first, my will, my way, my talent, my ability, my intellect. I'm going to get tomorrow done. Don't worry, God. If I need you, I'll call you. I had it here, but I didn't have it here. Till one day it clicked. Matthew 6.33. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. And there's a secret in there. Back up to verse 31. He says, don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? Some of you are worried about that right now. What will we drink? What will we wear? You're done worrying about that. You're already here. So, so, so don't worry about these things, what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly father already knows what you need. He already knew what I needed, but I wanted to take care of it. I wanted people to give me the glory. I like the glory. I like people saying, man, you good. Say it again. One more time. He anointed me to do the work I was doing. I could show up on a job that was falling apart. And when I showed up on the job, the job would change. I've seen it time and time and time and time again. He anointed me to do that. At first, I realized it was his anointing on me. But after a while, I thought it was just me. (laughs) I thought it was me. Seek first the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you all that you need. All these things will be added to you. We spend too much time worrying about these things when he already has these things in place. In fact, they're already laid out before you. You just need to keep going. And as you keep going, you're going to run into the things you need. You go and you're going to say, oh, hey, I need that. Hey, ha, I need that. I was a children's pastor one time and I was broke. And on Wednesday nights, I like to give them blow pops, get them all hyped up on sugar and send them home. So one Wednesday, I was driving to work, working construction. This is in kinder. And I'm driving, I'm going, Lord, I ain't got no money, Lord. I talk to him just like that. I ain't got no money. He understands bad English. <laughs> I said, Lord, I need some money. I want to buy them kids some blow pops, but I don't have any money. He didn't say nothing. Pulled my car up. Pulled it on the side of the road where I normally park. I got out, and the boss man drove up. He said, come on, let's take a walk. So he's walking. He's ADD, and I'm slow. And so he's walking. I'm trying to keep up. And I looked down. He walked right over a $10 bill. And I went, hey, I need that. And I picked it up and I put it in my pocket. And I said, man, you quick. (laughs) You with me? Don't worry about what you need. He already knows and he already has it laid out for you. You just need to keep going and you're going to walk into it. But when you stop and worry, you never get to it. 
Come on, when you sit down and you start pouting, you're not going the direction he wants you to go. And the thing's just right there. (laughs) Trust Jesus first. If you're not seeking him first, then you're self-seeking. You see, there's something about first. If you're not going to Jesus first, you're basically telling him, I don't need you. Just stay on hold. If if I need something, I'll call. (laughs) That was hard, wasn't it? But you're basically saying, I don't need you. But when you seek him first, you're telling him that I trust you with my day. I trust you with my decisions. In fact, I know that I'm going to make bad decisions. I got a track record to prove that. So I'm going to start trusting you with my decisions. In other words, I'm going to pray before I decide. I'm going to pray before I start my day. I'm going to seek first your kingdom before I seek mine. Come on, somebody. I'm just trying to free you up. This is something I learned because, you see, I would wake up every morning and say, I'm good. Turn on a little Christian radio. Hey, hey, getting my Jesus through the radio. And that's fine, but it wasn't enough. And I would go into my day, and let me tell you something, time and time and time again, it felt like I was sailing against the wind. It felt like I was plowing without a tractor. Everything was hard. And then every once in a while, I would get it right, and I would wake up early, and I'd go sit down and and seek his kingdom and, and spend time with Jesus first, and I would take off and go do my day. And it seemed like all of a sudden, the wind was in my back. And now I had a big old John Deere tractor pulling this plow. It wasn't just me. I can't explain it. It's just what happened. It's just my experience that when I saw him first, there was a grace that came with me. There was a wind in my back. I call it the wind of the Holy Spirit. Doesn't mean that things didn't come against me. Doesn't mean that things didn't still break. It just means that I now had the power and the pressure behind me to overcome those things. And what stressed me out yesterday wasn't stressing me out today. Trust Jesus first. I personally believe that stress is a fruit of fear. It's my personal opinion. I can't find it scripturally, but it's just a personal opinion. That stress is a fruit of fear. Think about it this way. When I'm stressing, it's because I'm not trusting. And because I'm not trusting... Thing, thing. I missed it. <laughs> Somebody catch that before it drives me nuts. I'm stressing over that fuzz bar. <laughs> Jesus, take the fuzz bar. <laughs> when I'm stressing, it's because I'm not trusting. When I'm not trusting, I've forgotten what he done for me yesterday. 
You see, the Bible constantly says to remember what the Lord has done. Why? Why do we need to remember? You need to remember what he did yesterday for today. Because you're going to need to remember what he did yesterday and how he showed up amazingly. So that when you hit that thing today, you can say, well, he's going to show up again. Right? It's trusting him. But when we stress, we're not believing or we are believing that for some reason he changed his mind. Or maybe we're thinking that he lost his power. Oh, he can't do that. There's no way God can do something consecutively back to back. It's impossible. I mean, come on, I'm not the only one that thinks crazy like that. All right, you left me hanging. But when we're stressed, we're not trusting. Psalms 34, 4 says, I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my fear. Psalms 55, 22 says to give your burdens to the Lord and he will take care of you. He will not permit the godly to slip and fall. Come on, somebody. That's a promise. He will not permit the godly to slip and fall. Give your burdens to him and he will take care of you. Listen to me. God cares for you. He cares about all of you. He cares about the little things just as much as he cares about the big things. He cared that those little kids was going to get some blow pops. Hello? He might just care about your emotions. Number two, exchange stress for peace. I want you to exchange stress for peace. Now, some of you are probably good exchange people. You buy something that doesn't quite fit right, you're diligent to go back to the store and exchange it for something that does. I'm, I'm the kind of guy I hate to exchange things. I mean, seriously, I, when I do a plumbing project, it's three trips to the store. I'm not kidding you. Three trips consecutively every single time I do a plumbing project. And it burns me up. Because I, I get into a plumbing project now and I go, I'm only going twice. I'm only going twice. I'm only going twice. And I'm taking pictures and I'm doing this and I'm writing things down. I'm only going twice. I'm going to get it down to two this time. Three. Every time. But I hate to bring stuff back. It's aggravating to me. But when something doesn't fit or something's not right or it's just not for you, you bring it back to the what? To the return counter, right? And you go and you make an exchange. You give them the thing that doesn't belong to you in exchange for something that does belong to you. Come on, somebody. You're giving them something that you're not supposed to have in exchange for something that you're supposed to have. You're giving them something that doesn't fit for something that does fit. And you're stressed out because it didn't fit. But you're making an exchange. Watch what the Bible says in Philippians chapter 4. Go with me to Philippians. Or not, it'll be on the screen. Philippians chapter 4. Verse 6 and 7. Anybody getting anything yet? I hope this is helping. Letting you into the crazy life of your pastor. Who's been stressed out a time or two. So exchange your stress for peace. Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Watch this. Don't worry about anything. Look at your neighbor and say anything. 
What is anything? Anything is anything. Right? I mean, it's actually silly. Don't worry about anything. You mean even my finances? Anything. Even my cheering? Anything. About my bad toe? Anything. (laughs) My job? Anything. Don't worry about anything. Instead, this is the key word, instead. Pray about everything. That word instead says to me exchange. Exchange your worry for prayer. Because you see, worry doesn't belong to you. It don't fit. You can't be a person of faith and be stressed out. You can't be a person of faith and worrying all the time. Because you're counteracting your testimony. You're telling people you need to trust God. Oh, I don't know if he's going to show up. Right? Come on, you see how that works? Man, Pastor, how you know that? Because I've done that. You've got to exchange your worry that doesn't belong to you with prayer. And I'm going to show you what you're going to get in return. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. I told you it was in the Bible. Watch this, verse 7. Then, in, in other words, after you pray and tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done, Then, watch this, you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. Come on, it's the kind of peace you can't wrap your mind around. It's the kind of peace you kind of go, what just happened? It's the kind of peace that people that know you go, what the heck happened to you? What you taking? What pill you took? How'd you get over that stress? What's going on with you? Let me have some. And you can stand before him and say, you know what? I took my worry and I exchanged it in prayer for peace. And now I got this peace that I don't even understand. I'm going through this storm that last year freaked me out. And now I just feel like I'm walking through the tulips. But there's a storm going on around me. Are you seeing what I'm saying? Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds. As you live in Christ Jesus, you got to let the word just beat you up this morning. I'm sorry. You just got to. His peace, this peace that you exchanged your stress and your worry for is going to guard your heart and your mind. How many of you need your heart and your mind guarded? How many of you that thing's been out of control all week? How many of you you need a guard by your heart and you need a guard by your mind? Come on. It's been crazy. I've I've thought some of the craziest things. My heart's felt some of the weirdest things this week. Get you some peace. Don't let somebody put some junk in your trunk that don't belong there. Clean that thing out. Exchange it. When stress comes your way, you say, oh, no, Jack, get, get you some of that. God, I got, well, God, it don't feel good. I learned a secret a while back. I used to pray formal prayers. 
I'd be all stressed out, about to cry. And I go get in, I'd kneel down. And I mean, my heart's raised, I'm stressed out. I go, dear Lord, I'm a little bit stressed out. Would you please help me? And I give him about two seconds. And if he didn't show up, I get up and I stay stressed out. I learned how to do that on the run. And I learned how to do it real. When something don't feel right and I'm getting something that I'm not supposed to have, I cry out and I let him have it just like it feels. He said, oh, pastor, I can't talk to God like that. <laughs> Why not? He gave you those emotions. Stop faking it. If you're stressed, Lord, I'm stressed. I'm about to kill somebody. You better help me. I'm telling you, I'm about to pop. We'll tell everybody else that, won't we? Just the way it is. But why won't we go to God like that? Here's the thing I discovered. When I go to God like that, I get to hear how silly I sound. Because after I spend time with him and he changes my perspective and I get his peace, I go, dang God, that was kind of stupid, wasn't it? And he just kind of smiles. Bless your heart. (laughs) Shut baby. (laughs) Give it to him like it feels. Be real with God. He's real with you. Amen? Amen? Exchange your stress for peace that passes all understanding. The best kind of peace you can ever have. Exchange it. Peace is something you got to fight for. Peace is something the enemy's trying to take from you. The word says, the peace I give you is not like the peace the world gives you. The peace I give you is greater than any other kind of peace you can have. Some of you, when you just bought your new four-wheeler, you had peace. When you got them new pumps, ladies, you got some peace. Y'all don't wear pumps no more? Flats? It's all flats these days? I mean, come on, somebody. Boots. Ladies, when you got them new boots with them little tassels on them. You got yourself some peace, but it only lasted for a day or two, right? Till you scuffed them. Then all your peace left and stress came back. But the peace that God gives surpasses all that. It's, it's, it's long-lasting peace. But it's something you got to continually fight for. How do you fight for peace? When worry, anxiety, and stress come your way, and listen to me, they're coming, they're on their way right now, they got... You are the, you, you got the hitman called the hitman called the devil, and his job is to bring stress and worry and fear to you. When it comes, and it will, your job, this is how you fight peace, or fight for peace, is your job is to take that stress and cast it. Take it and cast it. Take it and cast it. You got to set a defense that says, I'm not going there. I'm not letting myself get there. I'm not going to lose it. How many of you tired of losing it? The world says, walk away. (laughs) Go ahead and walk away and see how that works for you. Stress is coming right behind you. Right? Stand and fight. 
You're not coming here. You don't belong here. You don't fit. I've outgrown you. Come on. Exchange it. Y'all getting something yet? This is just silly. So number one, put or trust Jesus first. Number two, exchange stress for peace. And then number three, I want to put all this together. Go with me to Proverbs chapter 16. I shared this in the men's Bible study this past Wednesday morning. If you wasn't there, well, you get a second verse. So Proverbs chapter 16. We're not called to live with stress. It's not your friend. It doesn't belong there. It's going to come, but you've got to deal with it. So what I want to talk to you now is, is to put God, number three, put God in charge of your day. Put God in charge of your day. I'm going to read you a couple of verses from Proverbs 16, 15, 17 in that area. 15.22 says, plans go wrong for the lack of advice. Many advisors bring success. 16.1 says, we can make our plans, but the Lord gives the right answer. Number, verse 3 says, commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. Verse 9 says, to make you, we, we can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. Verse 33 says, we may throw the dice, but the Lord determines how they fall. 1921 says, you can make many plans, but the, Lord purposes, the Lord's purposes will prevail. Verse 24 of chapter 20 says, the Lord directs our steps, so why try to understand everything along the way? That just spoke to you intellectual people. They got to know why. I'll read it again. The Lord directs our steps. So why try to understand everything along the way? Some of you are stressing because you don't understand. <laughs> I thank God I'm not like that. That's a struggle, man. For real. That's a real struggle. Because people get hung up on why. And so we live a life of talking to God about why. It's always the why. When God says, shut up about the why and ask me about the what. Exchange the why for what. Well, why did this happen? And why did that happen? And why did this go that way? And why did I went that way? It's the best girl voice I got. <laughs> but you spend all your time trying to figure out why. And you miss out on the what. But the Bible's clear that if we'll submit our plans to the Lord, we will prosper. If you'll seek first the kingdom of God, and let him ordain your day. The Bible says, we make our plans, but the Lord determines our step. Listen, he'll let you make your plans. He's not going to wreck your life. Make your plans, but trust him to direct your steps. You know what that means? That means, in other words, I'm not making another decision. I'm not making another step until I hear what he has to say. I'm going to let him determine my steps instead of me determining my steps. Because stress comes when I determine my own steps and it don't work out. Then I get stressed out. <laughs> and then I get mad at God. Where are you at? 
I challenged the men Wednesday morning that if you'll just wake up and seek Him first, it's not a long, drawn-out process. It's not something that's going to steal you half your day. If you'll just get up in the morning and say, Good morning, Lord. I got some plans today. I just want to run them by you first. Would you help me with these things? Lord, would you help me with my day? Lord, I got a track record. I messed up many a days. I need your help. It's not my understanding, Lord. I need your understanding. It's not my talent and wisdom. It's your wisdom that I need, Lord. Because you see, when you submit your plans to the Lord, you're saying to him that you're greater than I am. Your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. Your ways are greater than my ways. You follow me? That's what you're saying to him. And you submit them to him. And let him breathe on your plans. Come on, somebody. And watch if the wind's not in your back. Doesn't mean nothing's going to go wrong. Doesn't mean anything's not going to break down. It just means that when it does, you got some wind in your back. You got some pressure in your back. Because you've submitted your plans to the Lord. And here's, here's another thing. When I submit my plans to the Lord, you know what I've done? I've put him in charge of my day. So when my day doesn't go the way it's supposed to, I don't have to be mad at me anymore. I put him in charge. Right? I don't have to be stressed out anymore. He's in charge. If I let him determine my steps and I know that I'm following his leadership and it don't work out, it's not on me. Come on, somebody. It's not on me. It's on him. Why is it on him? Because I gave it to him. Because I trusted him with it. If There's a big decision. Go to him first. Ask for wisdom. Submit your plans to him. And watch what happens. That's just what I'm learning about stress. Every day's a struggle. Every day's a fight. Every day. The Bible says to take up your cross daily. You know what that means? You need to die daily. Because any day that you live is your own day. Does that make sense? You need to die daily. You need to submit your ways to the Lord. You need to submit your life to the Lord. Because when you do, you're trusting in him. When you don't, you're trusting in you. And so you get the best results that only you can get. Amen? That's all I got. That's enough? Seek him first. Exchange it. And let him be in charge of your day. Stop being in charge yourself. Worship team's going to come up. We can dim the lights a little bit. I want to give you an opportunity this morning to respond. I know that every one of us is carrying some kind of stress. You just may be at a little low point right now and thinking, well, you know, it's not that bad. But tomorrow's coming. Tomorrow's coming. 
Some of you are carrying things and anxiety and worry and fear. And it's keeping you stressed out. Some of you, maybe your stress is brought on by yourself. Maybe it was brought on by sin. Maybe it's brought on by disobedience. If that's you, then this morning you can repent. The Bible says that if you confess your sins to Jesus, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. And not only that, he's going to get this big old bucket of holy water and he's going to wash all this unrighteousness off of you. He's going to cleanse you from all of those things. But you never get cleansed if you never confess.